because it's, it's going to change the accounting industry too. So this, this whole thing is very, very interesting. And this, the environment of opportunity right now is interesting. I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right. Today, we'd like to welcome to the podcast, Bruce Truman. Thank you for being here. Bruce is a pet technology business success executive with expertise in business development, companion animal healthcare informatics, and emerging digital technologies. His background includes experience in the marketing and sales management of veterinarian and OTC animal health products and commercialization of SaaS platforms. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yay! Uh, so yeah, so we were just talking about a lot of different stuff. Um, so actually, I want to go back to that conversation um, about adding value, um, and sure. then we'll go there. Um, but first, um, what was your first job? Oh my goodness, my first job ever, first or job my first ever. job like out of college? First job ever. First job ever was for my. I grew up on a farm, so if your kids on a farm, you're a built-in labor force. So yes. my first job was, you know doing farm stuff, pigs, soybeans, corn, probably walking the fields, um, weeding them when we were younger. And where did you grow up? Illinois. That's right. So Northwest Illinois near the Mississippi River. A little town called, um, well, we didn't live in a town, so a little town called Seton. We were three miles outside of that town, and that town has about 50 people in it right now, I think. Wow. So really small. And now you guys are in New Jersey, which is... Yeah, cool. yeah, <laughs> completely <laughs> different end of the spectrum, right? From yeah. neighbors being three miles away to neighbors being, well, there's my neighbor right there across the street, right? You know? Yeah, you could touch him. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's really interesting. Um, so many. It's interesting how many entrepreneurs and you know business people I get on the podcast that have a background in farming. Which, really? Yeah, huh. I didn't. I didn't grow up in farming, so. Yeah, I mean, it's. A, I think it's a good, good, healthy, clean way to grow up, right, on a farm. Yeah. Well, you and learn how to work. You learn how, oh my goodness, my work ethic was totally from, you know, growing up on a family farm where, you know, we were up early in the morning and doing chores and then working all day and, you know, yeah. have a big lunch and a big dinner and everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. it's a good way to grow up. That's interesting, actually. So my uncle's family owns a potato farm. So that's really kind of as close as I got to like farming. Yep. Um, but yeah, I grew up in the suburbs. <laughs> I'm a barb kid. Um, so give us um, the cliff notes on your career progression. You have a lot of places. Sure. So, um, you know, grew up on a farm, went to University of Illinois. My, your eyes just open completely when you see everything that, you know, is in front of you with, I don't know what the time it was, 30, 40,000 students there. I went on and got uh, my MBA, and that was in 92, 93, and the economy was really tough, so I was looking for a job and um, did one of those weekend road trips that we always do when we were in college, right? Yeah. I uh, ended up in Chicago and ran into a buddy from college, or sorry, a buddy from high school that I hadn't wow. seen in, you know, six, seven years, and he said he was working for this animal health company. 
And frankly, uh, it sounds kind of crazy. You grow up on a farm working with animals, but yet you don't think of that as your career path once you get your, you know, MBA, right? right? You're ready to go out for the world. Um, like, I'm going to work for some pharmaceutical company or I'm going to, Yeah. Know. Well, I was going to work for either an ad agency. So Leo Burnett in Chicago was a big mm -hmm. one. It still is. Mm -hmm. um, or I wanted to work for, at the time it was called Pete Marwick uh, Consulting. And I could always get to the second round interview, but I could never seal the deal. And when I met my buddy, animal health seemed to make so much sense. And so fast forward that, you know, till now I've had 25 plus years in, in veterinary medicine on the business side, right? So started in sales, they moved me to Florida, moved from Florida up to New Jersey, where we live now. And that was back when what is now a company called Beringo Ingelheim mm -hmm. um, formed, but it was then called Mary Al. So it was the merger between Merck Agvet and Roan Mary U. Mm -hmm. And so um, I did brand management for them. I did brand management for Pfizer, which is now Zoetis, working on their big brands. Um, and then I got this, I call it the startup bug, where I really wanted to focus on helping to start companies. Mm -hmm. So a buddy, a couple buddies and I uh, started a company called Summit Vet Farm, which was a flea and tick uh, topical uh, oh, company. Cool. Did that for a couple of years and it sold. And then I helped start a company called Vet Street, which mm -hmm. was really in veterinary medicine, the first company to take the data contained in the software in the veterinary practice and use it to automate communications out to clients. So at that time, it was a postcard. That was the standard. Yes. And then we started doing email. No. That? Yeah, email. Yeah. Crazy. And um, we were the first, and or one of the first. And that really revolutionized that. Um, and we ultimately did more like text messaging, of course. Mm -hmm. But that got me i guess you'd say fascinated with the data mm -hmm. and what we can do with the insights in the practice software so the client the patient the drugs they're on the conditions that they've been diagnosed for mm -hmm. how are we treating them and really i've spent the rest of my career so after vet street sold i i decided to take a break from corporate and do my own thing and so up until when I joined Babel Bark um, about a year and three months ago, I was an independent consultant in this space. So mm -hmm. heavily involved with the Vet Partners Group mm -hmm. from both uh, previous relationships sponsoring them. Mm -hmm. And then after um, I left corporate and I became an independent, was a member to help network and build my business, you know, using that organization. Mm -hmm. um, consulted to Nationwide Pet the president of Nationwide Pet um, and to uh, the former president of Covetris. Mm -hmm. So they were really, those companies were really generous, I guess you'd say, in helping me get my start in consulting. That's awesome. And, and really work into a business development sort of thing. So I like to say now that what I do is connect the dots between a product or service that you have mm -hmm. and those that need that product or service. So I try to marry those two up based off of what 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 platform you're promoting or what new idea you've been able to create. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about Bark and how it works. Sure. So at a, at a really high level, 
we are a pet centric app mm -hmm. and we make it easy to care for the pet by putting all the care providers onto one platform. So our platform is where you would help manage your pet's life. So your veterinarian, your groomer, your boarding, your sitting, your daycare, you would connect to all those providers mm -hmm. and then schedule appointments, um, soon pay them all on our platform. Now for veterinary practices, we had have to solve a unique problem. So each of our business segments, whether it be a groomer mm -hmm. or a boarding facility mm -hmm. or a pet sitter, they all have unique needs. Yep. So the veterinarian's need is, well, and that's changed, right? It's right. changed just in the past week or two. Which is crazy. Um, yeah, so what we, we try to do is help veterinarians free up their exam room mm -hmm. by moving as many cases to remote care as possible. So if, and, and what we find in veterinary practices that are successful, they're short on doctors, they're short on staff, they're short on exam rooms. Mm -hmm. And so if we can take cases and say, that's just a recheck on a suture line, that can be done by, depending on the protocol of your practice, either a veterinary assistant or a credentialed veterinary nurse, right? Mm -hmm. So that can be done remotely. So let's move that to remote on our two-way messaging platform mm -hmm. um, and allow that case to be managed there and not tie up an exam room. So the now pet parent can just take a picture. Of take the a picture. Line. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is we say, doctor, do not do those cases in the clinic. Schedule them all on your calendar remotely. Mm -hmm. Give the client this handout. It's that simple, mm -hmm. which basically tells them before the appointment, take a picture of the condition or the suture line, mm -hmm. upload it to us with any comments and make sure you filled out everything else on the, the, the Babble Bark app, such as the weight of your pet, Mm -hmm. the, the diet that they're on and any medications that they're on. Mm -hmm. And then that allows the veterinarian at that set appointment time to review that case and then communicate back to the client. Suture line looks fine. We'll see you in one week to take it out. Mm -hmm. You know, please call the office to set an appointment, something like that. And the cool thing, like, so when you and I initially talk, the cool thing about Babel Bark is that you're getting, you're getting really good, um, continuity of care. So like if you're, if you're, you know, if your dog walker gives that gives the dog treats, then you know how many treats they got. If you know, you know how their medicine was given to them. Like it's really continuity of care to understand what's happening with the pet when yeah. it's not just almost never. Is it just the pet parent? Correct. It's continuity of care. And, and with that continuity of care come becomes or comes greater insights. Mm -hmm. so for example, pet owners are engaged on this app. So normally the veterinary practice wouldn't know about the over-the-counter flea and tick product that, that was purchased, or there's even over-the-counter anti-itch medications, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, yeah we, was, we were giving our dog some. Okay, all mm -hmm. right. So, um, and you may, have, may or may not have shared that with your veterinarian. For sure. But on the platform, we <laughs> asked them to list all the products out, right? right. Mm -hmm. so, so now you have greater insight. And, and continuity of care is critically important with these pets because mm -hmm. I always say it's a little naive of veterinarians to think that they can be the center of care when they only see that client based on a lot of industry stats, like every 16 or 17 months. Oh, and if you're lucky, wow. a good client twice a year. Yeah, if you're, if you're lucky, a good client twice a year. So you have to create an app that puts the pet at the center mm -hmm. and then you are the medical professional caring for that pet. 
Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, it gives you the data, right? You're like, you're like, you're like, I love data. I love data too. I'm all about data. Um, I actually was talking to somebody who, um, she has a boarding practice or she, or she has a, she's a boarding facility in Texas or I can't, I've met a lot of people on LinkedIn. Um, so she's like, do you know how I can like get more clients or whatever? I was like, you need to go look at Babel Bark. I said, and here's why, because when you're giving, like when you're boarding those dogs, their people can like log in and see that you've like fed them and walked them. And you're like, you're giving all of that like real time information to them to make them Mm -hmm. feel more comfortable about leaving their pet with you, which makes it more valuable to them. Right. Exactly. Then you see the value of the service, right. That that you've provided. And and I think what we've had to do, all of us is pivot now. Right. Right. So we didn't know that what we were building is, a telehealth platform that could enable remote care of patients for veterinarians. We, we knew that was a component of it, yeah, yeah, but we didn't know how important it would be. So now what we have practices doing is they're moving um, medical progress exams, mm-hmm. wellness visits, chronic cases. So your patient that has diabetes that you see every month is mm-hmm. an example of chronic. Mm. Or even acute cases where you're diagnosing, you know, um, an ear infection or garbage gut or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. We're showing veterinary practices how this can all be done remotely through our platform. And so what we've done for the next 60 days is waive all fees. So we're saying we're a solution. Use us now. We mm-hmm. hope that you stick with us after this, but if you don't, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But um, we're providing it free. And then also we have, we had an additional service called Alpha Pack, which is for, it was $34 and 95 cents a year. Mm-hmm. And the pet parent could sign up for it and they would have unlimited 24 seven, uh, of access to an t- unlimited 24-7 veterinary hotline, so a helpline. Oh. And so we've so opened like that up for free, too. That's sorry, what was that? I said, so like a nurse line? Yes, exactly. It's a nurse okay. line. It's staffed with veterinarians mm-hmm. and veterinary technicians. They'll triage calls. Mm-hmm. So if a veterinary practice, um, say they're short-staffed right now, or mm-hmm. they're closed, mm-hmm. or they just can't handle the volume of calls coming in, they can tell everybody, call this triage service, they're going to triage your case, and then we'll know if you need to physically come into the practice, mm-hmm. or you need to just wait at home and watch it, or go to emergency clinic immediately. Yeah. So they do that for us. And that's, that's through really a company cool. called Whisker Docs. I'm just making all these notes right now. Sure. Um, and, you know, we're seeing, you know, so at the time of this recording, um, COVID-19 is a big deal. We're all in shelter in place for, you know, vets are essential businesses, I think, in almost all yeah. areas. Um, but they've had to change how they practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't just have face-to-face with your patient parents anymore because it's just too much exposure for everybody. They can't. No, um, they you know, so we're seeing people do curbside. Yep taking the pets out of the cars and putting them back in <laughs> concierge care. So yeah, the, we- the webinar we did last night, uh, you know, vet curbside concierge care, whatever you want to call it, pick mm-hmm. up. Those are all terms that are being used a lot now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really- and we're seeing, you know, more telemedicine, you know, mm-hmm. um, which Bell Bark helps you guys do can help do. Um, and we're, you know, online pharmacy. Yeah. One too. Uh, mm-hmm. that I've been talking to, to talking to people about is, you know, if you've been wanting to do your online pharmacy, today is the day. 
today is the day it's yeah i mean you got to start now i think that what we want to see is continuity of care but also from a financial perspective we don't want to see dip in revenue for these veterinary practices mm -hmm. so let's take the cases that you were seeing move them to remote up to you how you price it but i would price it the same as what you're doing currently take the credit card value. over the phone or send us send us a, a link for venmo however you want to do it yeah it's but got more just, value because you're open it's true yeah right? that is true um and you know the thing I've, I've been really trying to talk to people about and we can talk about this a little bit we'll talk about that kind of goes into the value conversation how what are we what are we setting up right now in this time of like opportunity but also scarcity to be better on the back end right so like if you're implementing your if you're implementing your telemedicine right now through you know whatever it is are you creating processes and systems and making sure that the people you know the lowest level person who can handle it is handling it correctly and yeah. then you're going to be better on the front end like at the back end of this you know yeah. so a lot of it is setting up those processes set up the systems making all of that work um but also you're change, fundamentally changing your practice and its trajectory like yeah. it might be scary right now but you can make really positive change to launch you farther later T totally agree and it is a change in workflow in the practice so mm -hmm. what we've done is we have documentation for all of that mm -hmm. and we also have worked very hard to be minimally disruptive to the current process mm -hmm. so literally at checkout it's as simple as saying do you want to come in in seven days or do you want to do this remotely and if they want to do it remotely hand them this sheet done mm -hmm. the scheduler then of course on the veterinary practice software would then highlight that that's a virtual visit so you mm -hmm. could allocate a resource but literally trying to make minimal disruption and workflow because we want the practice and the entire team to see how well this works and the value that it's bringing mm -hmm. it, it's a new job i mean there could be a virtual veterinary nurse working from home taking cases all day in a veterinary practice and opening up those exam rooms for the medical cases that need to be seen by veterinarians yeah or the labs or the dentals are all the ones that you know have to be done in yeah. person yes um and one yeah. thing that popped in my mind just an important point right now mm -hmm, yeah and i'm part of the um there's a telemedicine facebook group that's mm -hmm. very active right now i think oh, over 1200 members yes i can i can look it up while we're talking so that we can make sure people get the information but one of the things that we're suggesting right now is uh, some veterinarians are struggling with how do I do a wellness exam without the physical? Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to have to forgo the physical exam, vaccinations, uh, fecal, you're going to mm -hmm. have to forgo those. But what we do want to do is see all the patients before VCPR expires. And we want them the veterinarian to engage with that client, or uh, depending on the protocol you practice, maybe it's a veterinary technician, mm -hmm. engage with that client using our platform. Mm -hmm. And we want them to uh, assess the patient, but then also prescribe, because we're within our 12 month VCPR, prescribe all the preventatives and chronic meds that this patient is going to need, excuse me, for the next six to 12 months. So what See, is that's the opportunity here. We'll get to the other stuff later. What's the VC? So what's VCPR for our listeners? Oh, so um, VCPR, by the way, it's Veterinary Telemedicine Community on Facebook. Okay. And it's great for those that are interested in it. I want to hop in there. I'm very interested to see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, please. So, oh, so veterinary. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
VCPR is veterinary client patient relationship. And so so for veterinarians, they need to have a physical exam. So a physically touched that animal in most Mm. states once a year Mm. in order to be able to prescribe and diagnose. Okay. Now states are loosening those regulations as we speak Mm -hmm. right now. Yep. Yep. Colorado was, I was just reading some Colorado stuff yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And the um, AAVSB, the American Association of Veterinary State Boards, <coughs> is probably the best source to go to. AVMA is great, too. They have great resources. Yeah, they're good, too. But AAVSB is keeping an updated list. I'm looking at it right now of all the telehealth guidance that's been issued by state. So Idaho, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Texas, and West Virginia all made changes to whether telehealth is allowed. So West Virginia allows it only in a state of emergency, which they are, mm-hmm. but always consult with your local boards mm-hmm. um, before you, you know, if you're a veterinarian, consult with your local board and get guidance from them. Yeah, so I do know Colorado allows it for current clients or so for current yeah. patient. Um, yeah. And they, I think they just changed that about a year ago. They did. Um, so, so the cool thing about getting in those wellness, vidi- those wellness visits is you can schedule those hands-on visits while you're there. So you totally. can say, we have openings June this time at this time and this time at this time. Which one would you like? Yes. You can build out your book for the rest of the year by just doing those, those wellness visits by telemedicine right now. Wellness visit by telemedicine with forward booking for the mm-hmm. next appointment to do mm-hmm. the fetal and blood and whatever mm-hmm. else might be recommended. Yeah, that's absolutely the way to approach it. Right. And I think your chronic cases can be managed the same way. So everybody in their practice has a set of diabetes, set of mm-hmm. Cushing's, you know, mm-hmm. these cases can all be managed that way. And your clients are going to love it because mm-hmm. you're being tech forward, you're engaging them, and you're making them feel good about the health of their pet. And, mm-hmm. and kind of tangential to this, but one of my soapbox things, I guess I'd say, Mm -hmm. we've built the veterinary practice to be based off production and volume. Mm -hmm. So that puts everybody, you know, at their limit, working really hard. What's missing and what our millennial clients want, and they're the largest pet owning population, what they want is engagement. And engagement does does not have to be a phone call. Mm -hmm. I've got seven voicemails on this phone right now I haven't listened to, all right? But if you send me a text message, oh, yeah. you're going to get a reply from or me. An right? email, and I'm or an ha- email. And I will happily call you. I will ab- happily email you back. Yeah, um, absolutely. They're looking for relationships, right? So, yeah. I, I mean, I've built my CPO practice on this, but they're looking for relationships. Like people want relationships with their care providers, mm-hmm. you know, and their trusted advisors. But, um, but that relationship doesn't have to be face-to-face. No, nope. It doesn't have to be phone called. Uh, the millennials, a relationship can be established on this. Please give me right? an app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll be Just best friends via app. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the other thing I would say is um, veterinary practices we hear a lot. I need an app for my practice. Mm-hmm. I need an app for my practice. And then I go, well, tell me about your, you know, your personal phone or your phone. Mm-hmm. How many apps do you use in your phone? I check my bank. I check Facebook, Instagram, depending on your generation. And I use, and me, me, I use it for travel. So United is a big one for me, right? But there's probably four apps I use. And then I'm like, well, doctor, how often are most of your clients seeing you? Mm -hmm. Twice a year. Mm -hmm. So do you think they're going to use an app for your practice that they only need twice a year? No. But if you create an app for the pet, 
because that pet has a sitter, a walker, a daycare, a boarding, a veterinary, you know, mm -hmm. then it's going to be used. So what you want to be is in the center of care. Right. It's really interesting because I, I feel the same way about apps for CPA firms because I'm like, why? So people can take pictures of their horrible pictures of their documents and upload them right. to me right. <laughs> once a year. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. like I just don't, what do I need an app for? I don't want to be notification people. Like we send emails for that. Um, yeah. Cause nothing we send is really, it's not, it's not emergencies, right? Or it's right. not that important. Right. Um, but exactly that, that answer is no, you don't need a specific app for your practice. You need a, an app for your pets. Mm -hmm. um, and I think back, so our golden retriever, and I've told this story a thousand times, but our golden retriever had um, ground mouse seizures out of the blue. My husband found him in the back corner of um, oh, no. our yard when he was 12. Okay. Like the week before he turned 12. So the kid, this dog was like the healthiest dog on the planet until that day. And we had to take him to the emergency pet, the vet, but it wasn't our vet because our vet wasn't open yet. And then they're trying to communicate with our vets and we don't know what's going on. We don't understand I mean, I understand a lot of things medically just, just cause I do. Cause I, sure. cause I read mm -hmm. and stuff. Right. Um, and I work with medical a lot. Um, right. and so I kind of understand what's going on, but we don't understand like, does he need, like, we just, we didn't understand a lot of it. And then after that, there was like blood work and all this other stuff. And I was just like, we had to go pick up medication twice, twice, yeah. you know, once a month or yeah. whatever. And I was just, I was, it just felt very overwhelming, like a lot of work. A lot um, of information. And it was a lot yeah. of information and we had a lot of options and a lot of, it's just like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Um, it would have been really, really helpful to have that asynchronous or just somewhere to go to like log his medicines and make sure we were doing it on time. And, you know, things like that, like we created all that stuff, but it would have been nice if we had, we didn't have to go to the vet and then recommunicate everything that had happened. Yeah. In our have... words, because what do yeah. we know? <clears throat> yeah. So you needed more support. You know, yeah, you we call. yeah, we definitely needed. Yeah, we definitely need more support. Um, and it would be really, it would have been really nice to just have like check a box, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the <Exactly>. checklist. <laughs> no. Um, you know, thankfully I work from home, so I was able to dose him and figure out, you know, his dosing schedules for all of his medications and you know whatever. But you know, and then we have to take him for labs. And to, you know, and I, the chronic stuff we just don't deal with, and we've never dealt with as pet parents. Right. Really, thankfully, any of us. You're lucky. Um, yeah. So, but like. <laughs> you know, having to go take your pet like once a month because they're diabetic or whatever, it's just, it's a lot of work. Um, it would, yeah, we want, we want virtual. A lot of people want virtual. Want virtual and, uh, you know, the platform, you can report a blood glucose meter reading, what diet they're on, mm -hmm. exercise. So mm -hmm. it gives great insight to a veterinarian that's trying to help with that case, but now wanting to do it remotely because it's not a surgery, you know, if it's a elective procedure, we want to wait on that right now. Yeah. Um, so going back to the different types of remote, you know, remote appointments, would you say the easiest way to like start implementing is to just figure out what your types of appointments are and then just start implementing the easiest one? Exactly. So, um, any, any medical progress exam, so commonly known as rechecks, mm -hmm. that's an easy one. Those rechecks can be done virtually, start there. Uh, the next big bucket is wellness. So it's the springtime now. So this is the time when you visit the veterinary practice and we get our, our preventatives for the year and any chronic meds. Mm -hmm. So wellness is gonna be a big one. 
mm-hmm. that you'll want to focus on. And that's, that's easy to do too. Right. And then schedule those in persons while you're there. So yep. while they're on the phone, you get them on the calendar. You got it. We're making an appointment now to get you your meds and assess the patient um, mm-hmm. in two months, three months, who knows, uh, but we're going to set an appointment for you in June to mm-hmm. come in. In June, we're going to do blood mm-hmm. and you need to bring in a fecal sample. Easy peasy. Yeah. Yeah. So you get, you can charge there and then you can charge on the other side. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to do a little bit less for the wellness care, for the virtual wellness, and then a little less for that other lab one, you make yeah, more money on the back end. If there's a silver lining here, it's that you are separating transactions. Mm-hmm. So you do make this visit a little less of a hurdle. And then we'll do blood work, vaccines, fecal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the next visit. So you're kind of separating those out, which helps. Yeah, and it would help a lot of people now too, probably, where they just need to get that wellness in and get the meds figured out, and then they can pay later on that mm-hmm. rest of it. Yeah, um, yeah. But you're also exactly. lengthening your revenue cycle. True. And increasing your recurring. Um, oh, True. man, you could even just set up like recurring monthlies, and then people could just do their wellness cares or your chronics or whatever. They would just have a standing appointment. Mm-hmm. You could have concierge care. This could be a membership program that is using the platform and you have a higher level of care because now you would have connections to the veterinary practice whenever you wanted it. So Mm -hmm. we do have some practices that are putting it into their wellness plans as their premium wellness plan that has this concierge level of care. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the practice. Some practices have had really good luck with wellness plans and others haven't. Mm -hmm. I think we're missing out on something if we don't really stress wellness plans in a practice, but maybe you call them something different. Don't call them a wellness plan. Call it concierge medicine. Yeah. You know, there's always value in having access Mm -hmm. to those people without having to make a phone call or, you know, knowing that if you make a phone call, you'll get to talk to somebody to answer your questions. Yeah. it's always really helpful. I think a lot of people, and the funny thing I found because we were, we're doing a lot of this implementation in the accounting industry right now, it was really funny being at vet partners because a lot of like what's happening in the vet industry is how, you know, the projection of the accounting industry. It's very interesting. Yeah. I just sat there a lot of the time like, huh, okay. Um, yeah. Similar, right? Yeah. But the funny thing is, is when they have unlimited access, they don't use it Mm-mm. Mm-mm. because they, they have that peace of mind. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's a really I remember interesting the phenomenon. first time I was launching a telehealth application um, when I was consulting and we were like, well, the lines are going to light up, you know, when we announce it. Mm-mm. And they didn't. I mean, it was it used. Yes, it was used by that maybe one or two percent that really needed it. And that's mm-hmm. all that mattered because everybody else knew they had access. You know, we all have on the back of our, our insurance cards uh, a nurse line. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us use it um, more than others. You know, I think some of my friends that are mothers use it with their kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and it's very valuable when you need it, right? But I've never used it. Not that I wouldn't. I may use it now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a cough. I need you to tell me that I don't yes, have COVID-19. exactly. Um, you know, and we, we've built in, you know, just at the, in the CPA firm, we have recurring monthly. So all of our clients are in a monthly retainer. Um, and it's all unlimited calls and emails. You know how many unlimited calls and emails I get? Not very many. <laughs> I only have a couple of clients that maybe have like a monthly question. Yeah. You know, 
um, but they have access to us. I, I love that idea. Now, it's I so think great. It's so great to, and it frees us up to answer questions. Yeah. So we don't have to just be like, oh, well, I have to, you know, start the timer. Hold on. You know, we can actually answer their questions. I like that. So it's awesome. almost like that's looking at it differently, though. Instead of saying, hey, client, we're going to sign you up on a wellness plan. It's almost like we want to we want to put you on a retainer, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have right. access. Yeah. You know? You know, and we have, you know, set deliverables at set times, obviously, with tax returns sure. and tax plans and stuff that we're, you know, doing, but mm-hmm. included in every single one of our packages is unlimited calls and emails. I love it. It's so fun. It's so, and it's just so awesome because the client can be like, um, I'm at the dealership. What should I buy? And I'm like, nothing. Walk away. Nothing. Don't buy. You know, yeah. but we get to have those conversations and we're not surprised on the back end. Mm-hmm you know, less often are we surprised yeah. on the back end because they can just call us and ask us questions or send me an email before they go do something, you know, that's going to affect yeah. their so tax you, So you don't, found, don't find out at the end of the year that they bought a million dollar house and you didn't know about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Or, I mean, we do um, mid-year planning with all of our clients. So it's kind of like that wellness checkup every year so sure. that we know what their tax situation, or at least we can estimate what their tax situation is going to be and, you know, course yeah. correct if we need to. Because right. um, I hate surprises. I like to do no surprises tax season. But it's just, you know, like I had a client be like, I think I might roll over my IRA to a Roth or something, you know, because I didn't make any or because I had a kid last year and I'm not working this year. Is this this the year to do it? And I'm like, yeah, probably. You know, let me, you know, give me a week. I'll, you know, I'll work it up for you and send it over. But they get actual data and actual questions answered. Um, And it's just been really nice. Um, You know, we can just focus on helping people instead of focusing on time management. That makes sense. It's makes awesome. a lot of sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I will never go back. <laughs> Good. Yeah. We'll never go back to time. We can all learn time. something from you. Yeah. yeah. I will never go back to time. But And this is the way that accounting is going, right? Oh, which it is. is. The way that's going. Right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Which is the way that's going, you know, but, mm-hmm. and medical is going too. So you just did, um, you just did a webinar about adding value. Um, yes. What are some of the easiest ways for, um, you know, people in the pet industry, pet care industry right now to be adding value for their clients, you know, other than telemedicine? Well, I think making yourself available is adding mm-hmm. value, mm-hmm. knowing that, that, that you're there for the clients and their pets. So uh, making sure, uh, and, and Eric Garcia's talk last night, he really stressed the utilization of social media to communicate out to the community. These are mm-hmm. our hours. This mm-hmm. is how you reach us. Mm-hmm. We're only taking emergency cases. I think that's one way you add value. Um, for these curbside pickups, mm-hmm. you can add value in a variety of ways, whether that be the doctor calling the client that's sitting in the car, mm-hmm. you know, after the physical to report, mm-hmm. or it could be uh, a staff member recording the um, physical exam and mm-hmm know if they're doing vaccines and then just sending that to the client whether mm-hmm. it be to the client's cell phone or on, on an email mm-hmm. that's showing value yeah and then the pet doesn't and then the pet parent knows that they were taken care of and that they were loved through all that and like because i think it's hard as a pet parent and a parent like if you don't get to hold your animal through the vaccines and stuff right <laughs> like yeah. that would be hard for me um you know True. just to know that they were you know they were taken care of and petted and loved and given treats and stuff oh, yeah. um they're happy yeah. And I think that's really, really helpful. And then it's, you know, it's safer for everybody and you can get your pet care done mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. 
some of us are just doing that stuff right now because we have time. <laughs> you have time, right? I know. Yeah. I know. I made a phone call yesterday that I needed to make months ago, and she's like, "How come you didn't call us?" I was like, Meh. "Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's tax season." Um, so I just want to ask you a couple, like, you know, since you've been in, done a lot of companies and stuff, sure. um, I just have some questions for you about, you know, some, what are some of the biggest obstacles you see in implementing new technologies and that, you know, in the vet uh, industry and just in general? Yeah. So it's, it's uh, frankly a little frustrating that it took something like we're dealing with now to get the adoption of, of telehealth into yeah. practices. So I think it's, um, a, a, a lack of, well, how do I say it nicely, right? So it's, it's, it's a real uncomfortableness with new technologies mm -hmm. and anything new um, is going to take a long time to get into a community that's based off science, right? And decision-making based on science. Mm -hmm. So I think that the risk is that some of what I call our independent primary care facilities are quickly becoming irrelevant. And the data supports that's presented at the industry conferences supports that the independent brick and mortar standalone practice is seeing declines in patient visits, declines in new clients. Mm -hmm. And these clients, there's other data points, Guggenheim and Karen Felstead, and I think Analytics uh, did a study where they're showing new patients by segment. So independent, standalone, uh, like a Banfield, you mm -hmm. know, set up mm -hmm. like an alternate care model, like a VIP pet care, which is mobile, right? Mm -hmm. And they're seeing more new clients. They're seeing more new clients because of convenience, price, transparency, engagement. And mm -hmm. so my frustration is with new technology is that the independent veterinary practice is very slow to adopt. And because they're not providing engagement, they're not providing convenience they're not providing price transparency they're making it very easy for their clients or prospective clients to go to these other care models where all the prices are right up i can go to the one of the big providers that does mobile i can go to their website right now and i know exactly all their pricing right what they charge and when i go to the traditional independent it's a mystery whether i'm going to walk out of the door spending $200 or $700 mm -hmm. and millennials and clients in general don't want that mystery. Mm -mm. So that, that's my frustration is the lack of ability to adopt or try new technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that early adopter is, is harder in those smaller, you know, because they have to figure out how to implement the technology and they have to figure out their processes and it's new stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think, and, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've what what I'm understanding and from what I'm seeing with the younger with the younger vets coming out of the schools and you know starting businesses and things like that, yeah. um, they'd want to build sustainable practices yeah. where they don't work 90 hours a week. I know they this do. is how they do they that. They want convenience, you know. They really yeah. do. You know, they yeah. don't want to. They don't want to burn out. They understand no, they don't. what that looks like. They don't. Yeah. So I just think it's very interesting, you know. It's sometimes it takes something like this, but on the back end, I'm watching the accounting industry scramble right now because there's all these people who just do face-to-face -face appointments right. who've never gone virtual, who don't yeah. know how to work virtually, who don't have portals, who don't, you know, and, and watch, I'm watching them scramble too, mm -hmm. you know, You're right. basically yeah. just telling their clients, 
we'll have to see you in July. Right. Which is you know? not a good answer. It's which not is, a good answer. Which is not a good answer. I mean, yes, there is a segment of the population that absolutely has to have face-to-face because that's all they know how to do. Right. You know, that, 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 that's the thing. Um, but most of your clients or most clients, they do have the ability to send you emails or to upload to portals. I hope so. Just make I it easy, so. you know, right. just make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been funny to, it's been interesting to watch this because they're saying accounts are essential too, but I'm like, you guys need to go close your doors right now. <laughs> here's your, oh, yeah, here's yeah. your, here's your app stack. Go, right. so close. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, because it's, it's going to change the accounting industry too. So this, this whole thing is very, very interesting. And this, the environment of opportunity right now is interesting you know, as people, as people change. It's changing a lot and it's changing very quickly. Um, And you mentioned early adopters. Mm -hmm. That's what all of the tech companies find. We all Mm -hmm. find the early adopters out there. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like finding that needle in the haystack. But once you find that needle, then you can create success. And Mm -hmm. then they're usually innovators and leaders in the space. So once they adopt your technology, then their endorsement or implied endorsement starts trickling down to the others mm-hmm. that, that are then willing to try it. Yeah. So, you know, I think telehealth platforms are in that phase of we were early adoption. Now we're, now we're getting pretty mainstream adoption by veterinary practices. That's so cool. I'm so, I'm just, it makes me excited. Um, it makes you. me excited for the future of veterinary and the future of sustainability for these practice owners. Yeah. Yeah, and Which I is think that what I love that that um, you know we got to get rid of these low value practices, right? Mm-hmm. We have to help them start operate focusing on operational efficiencies mm-hmm. um, so that they can grow. That's awesome! I'm so excited. <laughs> it's so funny. I was actually talking to somebody. I was talking talk to my coach last week, and I was just like there's so much opportunity right now. And he goes, he's like, this is why I need to talk to you. I was like, I just, I was like, yeah, I'm freaking the fuck out. But like, there's so much opportunity right now too. Yeah. yeah. And I was telling, uh, you, you know, Josh Weissman, uh, mm-hmm. I was talking to Josh and I was just like, I was like, I can either freak out or I can roll up my sleeves and start helping people. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it has to be one or the other. I can do those simultaneously usually, <laughs> right. but you know, like it helps me not freak the fuck out when I'm helping others. So, Good. uh, so that's, you know, that's why all this is really kind of fun and interesting to me. Uh, you know, I don't, obviously I don't want anybody to die or get COVID-19. And I of think course. this is like the worst, you know, this is, this is a really hard thing, but I think we can, we can, this is a catalyst event for the people who take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way for people to find you? The easiest way to find us, mm-hmm. uh, applebark.com. That is the absolute easiest way to find us. Okay. And then depending on what type of business you are, you'll mm-hmm. see at the menu bar at the top, if you're mm-hmm. a pet business, there's a way for you to get a demo and communicate with us. And if you're a veterinarian, there's a way that you can schedule a demo or communicate with us. So the website is the best way to find us. Okay. Awesome. I'll drop all that stuff in the description boxes. Yeah. Um, and then you're on LinkedIn. Is that the easiest yes. way to get to you? Get to me, Bruce, Bruce L. Truman on LinkedIn or awesome. Bruce at babblebark.com. Awesome. Um, because you've started so many businesses, what would be your one piece of advice for somebody who wants to start a tech business? Don't be afraid to make mistakes. If I look at my early career where in a pharmaceutical company environment, you had to have 
everything perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Everything was legal and regulatory approved that you created and got out there and it might take you six weeks to get something to the market. Mm -hmm. With startups, don't be afraid to make mistakes. If there's a punctuation error, people are gonna forgive you. If there's a typo on your website, people are gonna forgive you, but they need the information. Mm -hmm. So get it out there quickly and don't be afraid to iterate. So that didn't work, a big deal. Let's try this. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. Let's try this. Oh, that works. Now we yeah. learn something. I love so, that. I love that so much. I was actually talking to somebody the other day. I was like, you, that's how we learn. We have to make mm-hmm. mistakes. I can't tell you how many mistakes I've made in my business and we're still not where I want to be. Right. Um, and yeah. the podcast, I say, um, every other sentence. <laughs> no, you don't. And it just is what it is. <laughs> no, you don't. It's, it's it right. is what it is. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.